Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Life with Behavior Analysis podcast in conjunction with the ABA Task Force. I'm your host, Ms. J, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let's dig in and do life together with behavior analysis. For tuning in to the Life with Behavior Analysis podcast, I have a very special guest today. All of my guests are special, but this one is super special. And I'm going to have her introduce herself. I want you guys to take a listen. This is going to be a really fun conversation. Um, and I, I'm just excited about what's going to happen. So I'm going to have Miss Debbie introduce herself and let you, let you guys know who she is. And then we're going to get this party started. Well, thank you so much. I'm totally honored to be here. And I love that you said this is going to be fun because I'm very much that person that just believes that things will unfold. So my name is Debbie Prediger. I live in Alberta, Canada, and I actually am a small town girl. So we have 110 people in our community. And I have always known that I was meant for bigger things. And that does not come from ego. That comes from I knew I needed to connect in a bigger way and that had to uh, reach out to a bigger audience so what I do now um, so I was I've been many things and one of them that brought me here was I was a nurse and so that caregiving uh, part of me that how the body works has been fascinating to me and then I became very interested in computers and technology and that and I see that it's full circle now Right. So what I do now is I empower uh, women from all over the world to truly design their life. And I do that through emotions. I do that through empowering programs. I do that through really tapping into who you are and not pushing away of emotions, but embracing them. What are they teaching you? What are they trying to tell you? Um, that busyness, that stuffing away, it's totally different than what I did as a nurse, because as a nurse, you've seen a sign, and then you fixed it. Mm -hmm. And now I see a sign, and I empower you to take responsibility into your hands and to not fix it because you're not broken, but to embrace it and then learn from it. Which makes perfect sense. So I know with behavior analysis, we look at emotions um, kind of as private events, these things that we can't necessarily um, quantify or take data on, but we can take data on the behaviors that they produce. So having a thought, you know, having internal you know, hunger, having that, that feeling in your stomach, well, the behavior that we'll see from you being hungry Like we can't necessarily, you know, take data on hunger per se, but you're going to go to the refrigerator and you're going to go get something to eat. So with looking at emotions, like what kinds of things are you looking for in your clients or in the people that you see um, to let you know that they're struggling with whatever it is that they may be struggling with? Oh, this is such a good question. So first of all, it's through awareness. So Mm -hmm. what is working for you and what isn't working for you? So we really tap into what what are they feeling? Many of them are numb. Many of them will tell me they do not feel anything. So I actually Mm. have open that door up and help give them permission to feel because they've actually been running away from their feelings. So they've been numbing out. They've been distracting themselves with busyness. They Mm -hmm. might be 
you know, doing things like shopping or gambling or things, and they didn't even realize they were running. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we just get really clear on what is an emotion. And then, you know, we start to think like, so not um, judging that emotion. So it's neither good nor bad. It's just a sign, just like our gas gauge. If it's empty, we don't say this stupid gas gauge, it's empty. Why is it empty? Right. (laughs) Look at it and we just fill it up. Right. So our emotions are the same way. So once they kind of, you know, list out the emotions they love to feel and the emotions they don't like feeling, then we actually draw a line in the sand and we say, here's the emotions we never want to feel. Right. So when we go back to your question, it is more like if we never want to feel that, but it's constantly coming up, what is it asking us to look at? Mm-hmm. And then through, um, I, I use many different healing modalities, but one of them that I do use is using essential oils to really let go of that fight or flight in the limbic system. Mm-hmm. And so when we slow down and calm down our nervous system, we can actually hear and know things that we can't when we're in panic, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can really step into our power and we can listen. Now, what is this telling me? And we're doing it totally from an observer, not from a judgment, not from a fear, not from a lack. Mm -hmm. We're standing in our power and we're saying, what is this emotion showing me? Does that help answer that question or did I kind of go around? No, it it answered it. No, it answered it perfectly. So when you're standing in your truth, you're standing in that emotion. What generally does that look like for your clients? Certainty, absolute certainty of who they are. And Mm -hmm. that they have, so we get, when they fully embrace that what I'm feeling is mine and I own it and it's truthful, they feel confident, they feel certain, they feel that they have listened to why they're here in this world. They no longer are judging themselves to say, I should do this or I should be this. They Mm -hmm. know that who they are and what they were meant to do is exactly. And that might be, a housewife that is like wondering why she's judging herself because she doesn't have a career that all the other women in her life do, or it might be that CEO of a company that's really not fulfilled and she wishes she could stay at home with her kids. Mm -hmm. It's embracing who you are and feeling that joy and fulfillment. And if you're not feeling that, if you're not feeling the peace and the joy and the love and the acceptance or all of those emotions you told me were important to you, mm-hmm. if you're not feeling them, why? So again, so certain, so courageous, so confident of who they are and what they are here to do. So what does that look like behaviorally? Like, you know, for those of us that are behavior analysts that are listening or that dabble in behavior analysis, what does that look like behaviorally? Because it would seem that being confident means you're doing something or there's there's some outer manifestation of confidence. So what would that look like for, say, if I were your client, what would that look like for me? So what it would look like is you would be able to make decisions really clearly. Mm -hmm. A lot of the women that come to me, they are overwhelmed they're swirling in their brain trying to make a decision and they don't trust themselves so once you have certainty and confidence you know boom just like that easy simply decisions are made you stand in your power you're not that person that's ego driven but you you walk into a room and people know that you know what you know 
and that confidence comes out in them. And because of that, you kind of have more opportunities like that, that victim mentality isn't there because mm-hmm. you see everything as working with you and for you instead of like, why is this happening to me? Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> perfect. I'm glad that because I know we speak two different languages. We I speak do. from the emotion and you speak from the measurement and the science. And so I'm right. trying to find them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want to do too, because I think the work that you do is important, you know, helping women to overcome whatever barriers that are kind of in their way and helping them live the best life that they know how to live or that they can live. So I think that's perfectly like we're, we're talking the same language, but just in different vernacular. (laughs) Exactly. And I was very much as a nurse, I was very much, um, uh, measure, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So I had to kind of like totally revamp what I judge. So, you know, it's it's the comparison, how I read things, um, no longer fixing. I had to rewire my brain to see things differently. Right. And now it's how do you feel? How do you want to feel? Like mm-hmm. tap into the truth of who you are and without somebody else's predeceived judgment of you. You know, we've spent so much of our life with that. I have to be who my parents tell me to be. And then my husband and then my kids and then my boss. But who do you want to be? Who are you at a soul level? And that I can't tell you. And I certainly never want to lead my clients into that. I truly just want my clients to understand that when you tap into that, there's a sense of peace and fulfillment and flow and alignment that you can't get in any other case. Which makes, that makes sense as well. So I want to tap into just a little bit, you mentioned using essential oils. Now, I know that many of my listeners are probably like, what, essential oils? I don't know about that. I don't know, you know, about the research on, does it really even work? So is there research out there on the use of essential oils and what does it say if there is? Yeah. And um, because I'm not totally prepared to, to cite any of that, I'll tell oh, you it's okay. <laughs> where to go looking. So if you went to pub.med and, mm-hmm. and typed in essential oils for the limbic system or the um, nervous system, the automatic nervous system, those are places that'll tell you which essential oils will help support those. So for, for one thing, lavender is mm-hmm. definitely will calm your nervous system. Now, the one thing that I really want to point out is not all essential oils are created equal. Right. So right. just like food or just like anything, if you, the, the quickest, simplest way is to go back to the true nature. Mm-hmm. So I use essential oils. I only use Young Living. And the reason being is that we would never, ever, ever want to breathe something into our limbic system, into our olfactory bulb in our brain that could cause it. And so right. you think about when a, when a seed is planted, is it, you know, got a chemical in the ground? Is it sprayed with a pesticide? All of those things could really mess up your brain. And right, so right. very, very careful of what um, we use and then quality definitely makes a difference. So 
yes, there is a ton of proof. Um, there's a ton of science and more and more all the time. I'm sure you see it too, how much more science there is even for anything, the brain, right. Thing, right. Rewiring the brain, all the talk that we have it at one point was more of a theory and now we're seeing it like we can measure this. Right. Right. Which makes sense. So, which is good to know that there's research out there on using essential oils um, because like I said, a lot of people would be like, oh, they don't really work or, you know, I doubt it, you know, that just smelling this particular scent is going to make me feel better. So it's really good to know that there's some research out there that that's in favor of the use of essential oils to help change our moods and help, you know, make us feel a certain way that we want to feel. So some of the work that you um, have, have talked about kind of reminds me of what we call acceptance and commitment therapy in, um, in ABA. And for those that don't know, I'm just going to read this by Stephen Hayes. Acceptance and commitment therapy is a psychological intervention that uses acceptance and mindfulness strategies together with commitment and behavior change strategies to increase psychological flexibility. So it sounds like what you're doing in relating to emotions is trying to change that psychological flexibility within your clients. Is that, am I on on key with that? I, I think you are. Uh, again, we're speaking a bit of a different language. So I, right. <laughs> but definitely. So first I have to help them be aware of what they are feeling. Mm-hmm. I want them to name it. And then I want them to um, choose an overall emotion that they do want to feel. Mm-hmm. So then I get them to tap into their body, like where in your body are you actually feeling that resistance or that Mm. fear or that doubt? Because part of my work that I do is actually releasing that emotional energy that's stuck somewhere. Right. So there's many, there's many things to that. We can release it before it's stuck, which is a 60 second reset, which I talked to you about with children because it's not really locked in. And then there's old patterns and emotions and habits that are truly deep within your body. And you, that's where we have pain and discomfort and even disease Mm -hmm. that comes from it. So depending on how far back we go, but it always is awareness what is it you want to feel? Where in your body are you feeling it? And then drift back to a time in your life that you felt those connected things happen. Mm-hmm. And you you may get an image that plays across your mind, just like it's happening in front of you. You might just get a knowing. And sometimes you just don't remember, but we can keep you, you know, I, my job as a facilitator is to help you hold, help hold space so that you can really feel it. Mm-hmm. You're safe. We open and allow those energy channels and that limbic system is slowed down to a point of, yes, I can see it. I can feel it. I can Mm -hmm. hear it. I can know it. And then we choose to release it. And like any energy, if you're going to hold on tightly to it, whether you're judging it, you're pushing, you're pulling, you're wishing, you're wanting, Mm -hmm. you have to just truly surrender and allow. And when you do that, we release and then the end of my session is always a new action, mm-hmm. a new belief, a new set of um, where are we going from this point? And we anchor in that new belief system with some homework and some every everything else. So 
this can be a 60 second reset where we're just like you, somebody just made me very, very angry. And I didn't like that feeling and emotion. I'm going to reset by choice. Mm-hmm. It can be a boost, which kind of takes that reset and goes further into some action plannings. It can be the full system that I just explained. Mm-hmm. It can be deep tra- uh, trauma work where we actually are releasing that deep pain mm-hmm. And it can be anything in between. Um, So very, very empowering. And that's kind of where I struggle a little bit with what to call myself. Right. Because I am different than most other people. I am tapping into your fears, but I have to allow you to see them Mm -hmm. because it has to be you that brings them to the surface, not me. Right, right. So when people are bringing these feelings and these emotions to the surface, what usually, what do you usually see in that person? Do you see um, some type of behavioral change in them? Do you see some type of physical um, manifestation? I know we talked about, you know, it gets, you know, the energy gets stuck. Um, and could be stuck in some part of your body, but is there a physical manifestation of this that you also see like in their facial expression, the way they move their arms, um, things like that? Yes, yes, definitely. So if it was, um, so I had a gentleman that it was in his hip. And Mm. so he's definitely squirming and you can feel that it's like that energy is trying to move out. And so that's my cue to say, like, just open and relax and you know, it's just like a river flowing by you. You're not trying to grab onto it. You're just watching it happen. Let's just choose to release this. There's a lot of that type of thing. Um, definitely, we whenever we release something, it's it can be in words. It mm-hmm. can be facial. It can be in like they'll start sweating. It could be in many different things. But you always can tell that when they've actually shifted. Mm-hmm. So each each round could be, you know, three minutes or it could be, you know, longer or shorter. You can see them shift and become taller and brighter and lighter and more energized. And so when we go through a complete system, um, a, a session, they will go from heavy and dark and hopeless to confident and courageous and ready to take on the world and that's what we want to anchor in so definitely I can see it in their physical features as well so how long do or how many sessions do people normally have to um, have with you in order for this shift to happen or the shift to change so in one session you can go through equal to many, many, many days on somebody's couch. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. amazing what can happen in an hour or an hour and a half. However, if we dig into something, we tapped into something that we know is deep rooted and it's a habit that just, you know, we release it, but it continually to come back because habits are comfort and we go back to that Mm -hmm. comfort. We might like a layer of an onion see, you know what, I think that you should use like, like, let's talk to about three sessions. So I do one-on-one sessions I do packages and then I also do theme sessions where I work with groups that are all kind of working on the same thing Mm -hmm. so imposter syndrome or confidence or maybe they are using food as a numbing technique Um, different we we work with groups and then those 
they can come and go as they feel, right? So if I did them every week, they might come every two weeks. They might be in that situation. They absolutely need to meet every week. They, I teach them to tap into their body and know when they're in resistance. And whenever you're into resistance or a struggle, that is the behavior that says, hey, there's something that needs to be released. Mm -hmm. Some people can get really good at it and they can eventually take this on themselves. They can walk themselves through the steps because it's awareness, choice, action. And that's right. very, very simple. And yet we all have been in that place that we know what to do, but don't have the energy or the motivation or the drive to do it. Right. Somebody like me. And to be honest, what I see different about me than other practitioners that do this is I've taken it off. I've taken all of the different healing modalities mm-hmm. and I've created my own. And because of that, I'm really intuitively tapping into your body. Where is it at? What is the message I'm hearing from your, from your body or your soul? Because if you're still numbing out and distracting yourself, you're not listening to your body. Mm-hmm. So I have to be that interpreter in between and then just hold that mirror up so that you can see it and go, oh, that's what that is. Okay, yep. As the observer, I can see that. And now what do I choose to do about it? Right. So there goes with the behaviors that it's like, okay, what am I going to do now to change these feelings that I have or change this blockage um, that I have? So you're looking at kind of a mind-body connection here. Absolutely. 100%. And the gap, the resistance, the gap, the struggle is always going to come from your mind is saying one thing and your body is saying another. Mm-hmm. And when you bring those two back into alignment so that you're, you're listening to your heart and your soul, your body-mind connection, that's when the magic happens. That's when the release happens. But one of the things that you just said is reminded me is people have to be ready for this. So if they have a pain and they've had it forever and they've gone to all the doctors and they've done all the healing modalities and nothing releases this pain, I can't fix it for them either unless they're ready. And so whenever we do a session, whether I'm doing a demo session or a group session or or a full paid session, it always has to start with I am ready. They have to commit in their own brain, in their own mind. They have to have made that choice. If it feels like I'm asking them to make that choice or their spouse is asking them, that's not in alignment and it will not work. They, they don't have to know what I'm going to do. Right. Um, I've had many clients that did not believe in essential oils and they're like, I don't know what you do, but I just keep hearing that it's going to work. And so I trust you. And I'm like, that's all I need is for right. you to be willing. And when you're willing, I can work with that. Right. Which, I mean, that makes sense because if you're not willing to change your behaviors, there's no amount of coaxing or force that's going to get you to change your behavior. So that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Yeah. And even, even a little deeper than that, right? Because again, coming from your scientific um, behavior, so you might say, and I'm, I, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you might say, well, here's the behavior you're doing and here's the ones I want you to move to. Mm -hmm. And they may go for a while and follow those directions, but something still pulls them off track. So those are the people that come to me. They know what they want. 
mm-hmm. but they just keep falling back into that old pattern and they can't figure out why. And for me, it's always subconscious. There's something in their subconscious that they're either fearful from. They have a perception that it, that a meaning they've attached to it that isn't true, but mm-hmm. they aren't allowing themselves to see the truth. You know, as a lot of people, if they've been hurt before, they they get locked into that victim mode. And, and that's the cycle that continues to play in their minds. So they align themselves with people that will keep them in victim mode. Right, right. Add things to them. And nobody, if I asked that person, nobody would say, oh, yeah, I, I specifically choose bad men. So they abuse me so that I feel <laughs> that's not what they their minds would tell them. But that's what their body is telling me, mm-hmm. you know, that I. I feel like I deserve this or, you know, the choices aren't for me because those are for people like you that are a specific uh, color and a specific money and specific where we live. Those beliefs that we have in our subconscious, they really are ruling our lives until we choose to look at them like the bully in the room Mm -hmm. and say, what is it you're showing me? And I choose differently. Okay. So I want to go back to something you said a little bit a uh, while ago, um, the 60-second reset. What is that and what does that look like? So what it looks like is frankincense, la- um, essential oil, lavender essential oil, and stress away. And those are all oils that are sent, uh, Young Living sells. Mm-hmm. We take a drop of each one of those oils and I like to put them in a bottle all of their own called a memory release blend. When a child or an adult has an emotion that they do not want to feel, they might be having a, a, a fear panic attack, they might be having a tenter tantrum, but they're having a reaction. We instantly can just put that drop of oil in the palm of their hands, tent it over their nose and have them slow down their breathing and intentionally breathe into that feeling. When they do, kids will very seldom will even take 60 seconds to reset. You just see their body just relax and go, okay, and off they go to play. Mm-hmm. Now, an adult might take that 45 seconds and at the end of 60 seconds, look at you and say, what did you just do to me? <laughs> it, it, it's quite astounding. So it's just astounding. Um, we were in a, a conference one time and and people were like running around trying to find their way, trying to, um, you know, in your head, you, you only have so much time. You need to see the speakers that you want to speak. And a lot of people, a lot of people, so a lot of energy. Um, I don't know if you know that feeling, but a lot of people can feel really closed in and anxious mm-hmm. when they get like that. Mm-hmm. So they're coming off of the elevator and they're like, you can see in their eyes, they're panicked and where am I supposed to be? And I'm going to be late. And they have all this story going on in their brain. And you're like, well, you're not lost. And here, would you like to experience this 60 second reset? And they mm-hmm. look at you like you're a little bit crazy because like, <laughs> what, what are you offering me? Right. And you just get them to slow down and use that essential oil, that blend that I just told you about. And they literally can drop into their body, that grounding, that, that safety, they come back home to who they are and they just feel so inspired and yet so confident and safe at the same time. And I I think for all of us, that's a feeling we would love to be able to have just at the snap of a, a fingers and you can. And so 
it was really, really interesting for me to witness that because I had already been doing this for several years and I've witnessed it in my clients over and over again. But these people weren't clients. They were just people walking by in a panicked and you're like, hey, would you like to try this? And I right. didn't, it didn't fail with anybody. It didn't wow. fail one person. So the empowerment coach in me once says, I need every man, woman, and child to experience this because why would anybody walk around feeling an emotion they didn't want to feel when this was how simple it is to reset yourself? So it leads me to a question about avoidance. So is it that, okay, I'm feeling angry. I do the 60 second reset. I haven't dealt yet with what made me angry or the emotion of anger. So is this an avoidance or is this a way to kind of, like you said, kind of reset my brain to be able to deal with the, the situation that made me angry or am I just avoiding the, the emotion altogether? Yeah, good question. So for me, I always follow that up with the the teaching of what is your emotions trying to to show you. But yeah, you're absolutely right. If somebody chose to just use it as a quick fix or a pill, then I guess they could. Mm -hmm. However, the essential oils, um, they just seem to have a way of awakening you to something that you kind of were avoiding or distracting yourself from anyway. So I think that even with the person that was used to that quick fix or that avoidance would soon see that they'd see the pattern that was happening and they would choose. I don't think that we would see somebody just constantly use it and not grow and expand and prosper from it. Okay. So it's not an avoidance tactic. <laughs> I don't think so, no. Okay. It, at that moment, it is literally like we need to get you out of your head or that panic or that automatic reaction that's happening mm-hmm. and drop you back into your body. And so the 60 seconds would be when you don't have a full hour to do a session mm-hmm. or if you were... Um, like in that situation, you're in a hallway. So I always encourage my clients to carry that mixture with them. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, we're not going to lock those emotions in our body if we're releasing them before they can get jammed in there. Gotcha. So the other way, the full session is the way of pulling up stuff that has been locked, but the mm-hmm. 60 second is to release it before it actually finds a spot in your body to get stuck. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So when, say I've done my sessions with you, I have um, kind of unlocked those emotions that I've been feeling and I no longer have the physical manifestation of the emotions that I've been kind of avoiding or pushing down. Then what? What comes after that? Well, an empowered life, I would think. So if you came to me with physical ailments, then now you're living pain-free or um, whatever that physical manifestation was. But if you didn't have that, if you weren't to that point yet, and you were just living an unfulfilled life or an overwhelmed life or a fearful life, those emotions that you truly didn't want to, now you can start to choose the emotion. Therefore, you're choosing the life you want. Makes sense. Make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. It does. So 
it might help you to just to understand a little bit of how I came to be so interested in um, the energy of how it manifests in your body. So as a nurse, I was that person that was always doing for others and caring for others and, and fixing others. And so I didn't realize until my body actually shut down. Mm. My body totally locked up. The doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. They'd given me different things. And I'm that person that can't take medication. Um, It makes me sick. It does different. The side effects are always magnified so much. And so I was trying to fix my body through energy work or alignment or, you know, stretching or anything like that. And that's kind of why the essential oils came in. But what ended up happening is um, that I soon, I, through my research and through people helping me, I realized that I was locking emotions in my body. Mm-hmm. The energy field wasn't opening up. It was stuck there and it was manifesting. And when you start reading the different books about where in your body you are holding that emotion, it totally made sense to me of mm-hmm. different things that had happened to me, me in my life. And so it became very, um, I, be, I became very obsessed with it, learning all that I could, because now as that nurse, I could help others in a different way. I no right. longer prescribe, and not that I ever prescribed anything, but I could no longer like, okay, if we take this pill, this is what's going to happen. And this is, this will be the, this will be the fix. Mm-hmm. I came from it from an internal, like, what is your body trying to tell you? I knew enough about the body systems and how they worked. So I could also pick up on, you know, if you are struggling with um, always having a sensation in your in your chest, maybe it's a cough, maybe it's a, a pain in your chest, that might be grief. So mm. what in your life are you grieving from? And then that went deeper into, well, grief comes from death. It comes from um, being hopeless. If mm-hmm. your dreams have been smashed, maybe they've never even been allowed to be spoken. So grief can come from many, many different things. And when you have, when you come to that realization, you also need to get to that place where you forgive, forgive yourself, forgive others. Um, so there's everything that I was doing always came back to the emotion mm-hmm. and awareness. If I'm aware of what emotion I'm feeling and I'm digging in deep enough to hear, because that's the part of the session. We aren't just releasing the emotion. We're getting a new perspective. Mm -hmm. We're literally hearing the message that our souls or or God or universe or our higher selves, whatever you want to call it. Just like if I went to you and you told me, here, Debbie, this is the perspective shift that you need. Mm -hmm. I'm getting that from within. Those voices, that voice, that message that is coming right to me. And it's very empowering. Okay. So is there ever a time then as with your background as a nurse that you're like, oh, this manifestation of this, this emotion is, is too great, too much. You need to go seek a a physician for X, Y, and Z condition. Does that ever come into play? Yeah. And so I'm glad you brought that up because that's the doubt that's been in my head. Mm. Um, Am, who am I? Am I capable of this? Oh my goodness, what if somebody come to me with this specific thing? And yet before every session and even before I meet with somebody as a consult, I'm always like, okay, I trust that I'm going to be led and 
we've been introduced for a reason because um, the other thing is that I've never had to advertise. Oh, like wow. it's quite interesting how people across the world find me. Mm-hmm. And so I trust that this is all divinely guided. And so if you're bringing me something, somebody, the universe mm-hmm. is bringing me somebody that I get in my own head and I'm like, I'm not worthy of this. I can't do this. This is going to be too hard. Then I've turned it about me. Right. And so what I have to do is tap back into why this is all happening. And it isn't about me. And it's not about me healing them. I'm just the, the guidance mm-hmm. because they're healing themselves. They're ready. And I'm just the tool that God, the universe, whatever we want to call it, has put forward. And I have never at this point ever had a session that didn't work. And That's we've awesome. gone through some amazing, amazing things, like things that I still just shake my head and go, how did that happen? Wow. The other thing that's really interesting is that if you come into a session with a story in your head and you're like, I know that I just keep meeting the wrong guy or taking the wrong job or whatever, the struggle mm-hmm. that's going on in your life. I know that this continues because of X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. you've already got a story in your mind. What's really, really cool about this is that we start it with a positive intention. Mm-hmm. So what is it you want in your life? And we simplify it into a really, really simple statement as if I am empowered to make fantastic choices or I live my life pain-free. Whatever it is, we turn it into as simple as a statement as possible because that's what our body and our soul knows. It doesn't Mm -hmm. want to speak in riddles. It wants to have clarity and simple. Mm -hmm. So when we have that and then we go back through, you know, what is the negative voice telling you? Where in your body are you feeling it? When was another time in your life that you felt those two things? And when all of those things come together with the essential oil helping you stay out of your logical brain and into your intuition, into your heart brain, the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's ever been a session that what somebody thought was their problem that was holding them back truly was their problem. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that's so amazing to me. So if I'm going to go into that session prejudging it as if I'm capable or if I'm worthy, I'm, mm-hmm. then I'm also doing them a disservice because I'm also prejudging what it is that is going to be their answer. It has to come from within them. And when, those, when that aha moment happens, it is literally like magic. So if you don't mind telling us about a time where that aha moment was just super significant for you, not only the person that you were, you were helping, but it was big for you. (laughs) Sorry, I know that's a little loaded. (laughs) Well, it is. And I'm just trying to think because there's so many times in my life, every session that I have is kind of like that. It, it is, honestly, I see them have that aha moment, and then there's always something in it for me. There's always mm. a nugget that's also going to help me in my life or in other clients. Like, I can see that it was just a perspective shift. So, I'm trying to come up with something that's that really big thing to tell you here. But I think I'll just keep thinking on that, and you just ask okay. me another question. Sorry. <laughs> No, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. I know it was, you know, 
one of those questions like, oh, I've done so much. How do I narrow it down to just one situation or one thing? Um, but I, I find it fascinating that, you know, like you said, even though we're speaking different languages, I can see the value in what you're doing. Like, I understand that through your perspective, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but there's such a, a great connection between the emotions that we're feeling and what how it manifests in our bodies and that we need to be mindful of the um, the emotions of those private events that we're feeling and how it can affect us psycho or physio- physiologically, not only psychologically. Am I, do I got it right? <laughs> you do. You do. All um, right. And when, when you really get that, when you really honestly get that words and thoughts are energy and that energy is, is going to either empower you or disempower you, that that's when you're choosing your reaction. It's not an automatic reaction or an automatic response. You're, you're truly stepping into your power again and making a conscious choice even if you don't understand all of the things like, oh, so-and-so said something to me when I was three months old in my crib and Mm -hmm. I've seen it over and over again, I put a meaning that I was unloved because they left me crying and I'm seeing that in this image that I'm doing. And yet that wasn't true at all. They were, it was not true, right? So the perspective shift, the meaning that you put onto it, and then you get shown this new perspective and then you come from an empowered point of like I'm the observer and that is not true I was I was telling myself a lie all these years Mm -hmm. and I didn't even realize Javel the other thing that and I'd love to hear your perspective on this is that what we think are traumatic events and often it isn't anything like it can be something so little but we stack them and we stack them and we stack them until they be, can become a big thing. Right. And so my in my coaching, we often go through a time just going back in memory and saying, you know, what what was something you remember happening at age like two, three, four that you remember like you felt like you were wrong or you were scolded or you were fearful or something. And then, okay, like what happened at age six? And then when you started school and then as a teenager, what happened? To get them start to be aware of what it is that was controlling their life. All these stackable perspectives and meanings and judgments. And they created this identity of who they are. Mm -hmm. And it's not true at all. Can we, can you speak from more of a, like a scientific, um, (laughs) I'll try my best. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. So I think it's, you know, one of those things that we know, uh, what has been kind of reinforced and punished in our lives. So if I, as a two-year-old was, you know, boisterous and, you know, loud and just one of those life of the party type of children And every time I spoke, my mom scolded me, you know, and then at age six, as a quiet child, I was, you know, scolded for being too quiet. And then, you know, at age 13, I was scolded for not, you know, um, participating in class. Well, those that learning history kind of follows you throughout life and that 
kind of shapes your behavior. So you become this individual who won't speak their mind, who's very quiet and reserved. Not to say all quiet and reserved people are, you know, because of some punishment, you know, in their past or anything like that or their learning history. But you may become this person who doesn't, you know, um, voice their opinions or who can be considered a pushover because you've had this learning history. And it's not because of emotion per se, but it's just, this is what was you were taught. So because of what you were taught, this is now how you behave because of that learning history. You want to avoid the punishment. So you act this way, or you want more of, of, you know, you want more reinforcement. Say you were the child that every time you started singing, you were praised because you had a beautiful voice or everyone thought you were a beautiful voice. Um, and every time you opened your mouth to sing, you were told, oh my gosh, you're, you're so amazing. You're so great. Well, as an adult, because of your learning history, you're going to sing, you know, for the masses. You're going to want to share your, your gift, your voice with the world because you received reinforcement for that as your prior learning history. So as a behavioral scientist, I guess you could call me, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you know, we look at that previous learning history, we look at what was reinforced, we look at what was punished throughout life. We don't generally look at the emotion behind everything. Um, yes, we acknowledge that, you know, we all have these emotions, we all have these things that are within us that can't be quantified by someone else because they're not feeling it. But we majority of the time we can look at your situation and say, oh, well, you're just doing this behavior because you're either doing it for one of four reasons or you're doing it because it was punished or reinforced as, as you were growing or as you came in contact with that contingency. So for us, it's a little different. For you, I guess it was, it's more so what emotions were evoked when you were told you know, you had a beautiful voice at the age of three or, you know, what kind of emotions are you dealing with as an adult with this beautiful voice? Like, why are you why are you singing more? Why are you not singing with this beautiful voice? What what emotions are you having? And tell me if I'm right or wrong, but that's kind of where you would kind of approach things, correct? Yeah. So again, it's it's allowing them to recognize. So in a situation as that singing voice, they might have originally the negative chatter might be um, shut up. You you shouldn't speak or you shouldn't mm -hmm. sing. That would be the what their voice was saying to them. And then so I'd say, so what is the emotion you're feeling when you hear that chatter happening? And you'd be embarrassed, right? Right. And right. so that's the emotion they were avoiding. Mm -hmm. So maybe what it was showing up in is that they were embarrassed to try for that job or embarrassed to take that test because mm -hmm. they didn't want to ever feel that sense of embarrassment again. Right. So right. It, for me, it's not me trying to figure it out. Like I get that you measure all of this stuff for me, I'm just guiding them to figure it out themselves. And so because I can see if it's stuck in a certain part of their body that it might feel like in your back, it's because you felt unsupported. Mm. Well, you know, 
maybe then it's not just embarrassed. Maybe it stems from you've never felt like you had anybody that would be there for you. You didn't feel safe. Right. right. So there might be a deeper underlying emotion that I'd want to continue taking you back to that emotion. Like we're not quite at the root of it yet. Right. Right. Which makes that makes sense. I mean, I think that through an understanding of kind of what what we both do, that we can help individuals kind of make those decisions and change their behaviors to have an abundant life. Because, you know, just kind of listening to you, it is, even though you're dealing with emotions, it is still about those behaviors that they're engaging in, but just getting to the root of those behaviors in a different way. So we're kind of talking the same language here. (laughs) We are definitely talking the same language. And as you were saying that before, I actually could see us working together because you get clients that come from a very analytical brain mm-hmm. and I have to I have to get them out of their analytical brain and into their heart, which for somebody that's been very um, intelligent and, and it's all about the science and the mm-hmm. proof it is hard to get them to tap down into their heart and stay there. I can get them there, but they keep wanting to go back up and to the analytical. Yeah. Yeah. They'll say, yeah, but this is why. And I'm like, okay, we, we're going to let your body and your mind tell us why we're not going to make that story up. Cause that's what we've been doing for years. Right, that's why we're right. in the overwhelms and uh, swirl. So definitely we're speaking the same language, just coming from two different angles. Yep. I love it. I love it. Did you remember a story that um, really just took you in and you were like, this is absolutely amazing, the transformation? Did you remember anything? Well, I did, but actually it's such a deep thing that I think that me and you should talk about it off and then Ah. see if you want your audience because it is huge. It was a huge... um, life-changing moment for this person Mm -hmm. and uh, for me also. But it's deeper than our conversation right now. Gotcha. The one that I will speak to you about is I've had many people come to me you know, it's they always come to me because they have a struggle in their life and they're looking for a solution. Most people think that they're going to get that quick quick fix solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we talk to people about mindset, they often don't quite understand what that means. Like it really is a mindset of it comes from inside of you. And so once they go through a session, they get that. They're like, oh, I did have the answers inside of me. It always was there. I do trust. So one of the things a lot of people come to me for is they just want to write a test. They, They don't want to write a test. They need to write a test for a career choice or for something else that's happening. And they are so full of fear. And of course, that is not an emotion any of us want to feel. So they come for an empowerment, like help me get over this fear of failing or this fear of even writing or it's on it's on a timed basis. And what if I just freeze and I can't even think? And normally when something like that happens, it's been that they they either failed in their mind, failed miserably, which we know there is no such thing as failing. It's always learning. Or they were super embarrassed. Right. And when I can, their own bodies tell them that you have all the answers within. You've just locked them up. Mm-hmm. You are so much more powerful and so much more knowledge than you are even tapping into. When that is the message, and it always seems to be that message 
from one angle or the other, but that's basically the, the joint of it, is that you have everything you need inside of you. You are never alone. You can ask empowering questions and you will get empowered answers. And that with that, you can break free of any of that anxiety, that self-doubt, that self-sabotage, and just come into that empowered state. So it seems like, too, that this is a little bit like mindfulness. Is that about right? Because you're looking at paying attention to the 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 present moment and not the future in the past. Absolutely. Okay. We go into the past only to bring them back into an empowered present moment choice. And from that moment in that peak state where they are empowered and they have the answers come to them and in a new perspective, we set up goals. We set up um, things you want to happen in the next day, the things in Mm. the next week and things in the next month. And then we do a check-in and if there's more, then we grow. So you had asked before, what would it look like? Mm-hmm. Often it's clients that continue to go come back because they are in that growth period of their life. They know there's more out there. They know that they aren't living their highest potential. Right. And we help them, I help them not only identify what that can look like without restrictions, without, you know, coming from lack. It's like, you don't have to look at everything from like, I don't have it, Mm -hmm. but what is possible that I haven't even imagined yet. And then just being able to get out of your own way and go for it. Excellent. I am so happy about this conversation because I see pieces like bits and pieces of of ABA in there. Just, you know, here and there, I see little bits and pieces (laughs) in, in the approach, but the approach is still so different that I think, it it warrants, you know, learning more about it and learning more about just the different modalities that people use to change their behaviors. So thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I am so grateful. So for those that are interested in finding you or getting more information, where should they go? Well, first of all, I think it'd be really easy just to do show notes um, and you can just put all the places they can reach me at in your podcast. Of course. Um, We'll do that. But guys, I have several ways to reach me. Um, I have one that's called The Healing House. So just www.thehealinghouse.com. And what that really does is explains a lot about this type of sessions that we've spoke on today. However, you can see that it's so much more than that. The whole empowered life is more like that's my programs, that's my workshops, that's my one-on-one coaching, which is this type of thing. And also I run a free empowerment um, Facebook group where every, you know we have guests like you come in and speak, which I definitely want to do. Yeah, and <laughs> And we hold weekly um, circles where we're really empowering you. So we're just going to pick one little theme of the day and we're going to spend an hour just talking about it, going into breakout sessions and really start with that awareness. Because like I spoke to you at the beginning is so many of my clients aren't aware. They are not living a life of intention. And that is, that's the empowerment part when we can, 
really decide when we get up in the morning and we decide how today is going to go, we are so much more resilient when things don't go according to plan because mm-hmm. we already had an intention in mind. And right. that's kind of that behavior. Um, like when we spoke the other day and you said, you know, like helping them go, well, if this happens, then here's the action you would take. Right. In a way, it's the same type of thing. I'm setting them up for tools in their toolbox so that they mm-hmm. can pull them out when things didn't go right and they can live from that empowered place. So again, thank you so much. I can't well, believe the hour has gone by <laughs> in a fun conversation and I could just talk about this all day long as you can hear in my voice. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you, like I said, were able to come on and just give us this insight because I don't know many practitioners who look at, you know, energy and how it, you know, emotions affect your body. I don't. So this was a really informational and educational conversation for me to kind of say, you know, look outside of the scientific lens and look at, you know, other modalities of healing and treatment. So thank you again. And for those that are listening, please make sure that you like, subscribe and share this podcast. Let us know what you think. Go to our website at lifewithabehavioranalysis.com or visit us on social media at Life with ABA. And I want to know what you think about this conversation. I want to know what you feel about dealing with emotions and dealing with the, the emotional manifestations in your body. So if there is nothing else, Miss Debbie, I thank you again. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Live with Behavior Analysis podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Also, make sure you check out our website for more content. See you next time. Bye.